Welcome to the Three Thirds Man, One Third Scouts podcast. It is episode number 26 and the very, very first episode of 2021. And in effect, also the very first episode of Lockdown 3.0. So how are my fellow uh, podcasters doing in lockdown? I'm, I'm inside. That's how I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back at work. Double whammy. Oh, uh... Lockdown and then work starting. It's terrible time for me. Yeah, yeah. Now, do you have, have there been? Um, is there more kids now than there was during the first lockdown? Yeah, there will be. So we have the, we haven't got everyone in yet who will be in, but yes, but we will next week. We will have m- more kids in. When I, I was at work the other day, and um, it was interesting. The sort of those sort of parents who I think during lockdown one, it, it very much felt like. I know it's sort of different um, at Northridge, but felt like, oh, yeah, look, if you're a key worker, which, like, technically they are, um, you can send your kid in. But, you know, if you've got one parent that isn't, and if there's a way around not sending them in, you should make the effort not to. Whereas this time, it very much felt like, oh, if we're able to send them in, we're going to send them in. Yeah, I think, well, yeah, I think a lot of people have the opinion that it's going to be exactly the same as last time, where schools don't really know what they're supposed to be doing during a lockdown, whereas it's it's kind of different this time around that there's an expectation on activities being prepared and given out. So, yeah, I think a lot of people are kind of like thinking, oh, God, if I have to have my child all day, <laughs> that's going to be an absolute nightmare with nothing to do. But I think it's, the day should be quite structured with the work schools are giving. But, yeah, I don't know. Um, we'll wait and see. I mean, there's talk about schools like, some schools, but even though they've had that many requests for uh, key worker kids and vulnerable kids to go to school, that ah, but um, they're pretty much at full capacity. So it kind of defeats the point of lockdown, really, doesn't it? Yeah, there's a there's a few people that there's a well, there's a few kids in uh, classes and schools that I know that have got quite a lot of um, of key worker kids in there. But I I, don't, I suppose it's just one of them things. It's going to be you're going to find a class with. Lots of um, of key workers in it. I would have supposed it's never going to be a two to three people per class, isn't it? So it's just going to be it's just going to be one of them things. Some schools might have no key worker children in there at all. Some classes might have more than like five times the average amount of of other schools. It's just going to be one of them things, I suppose, isn't it? But can we just say, if people are wondering what my kind of groan of disappointment was? We are recording this during the second half of the League Cup semi final. And City have just scored through John Stones, which oh, if, anyone you, if anyone you didn't want scoring past you, John Stones is probably up there, isn't it? <laughs> so I John mean, John Stones, real resurgence, I would say, John Stones. But I mean, I'm sure we'll touch on that later on. Ross, uh, I think I'll ask you about. Yeah. Um, I've already mentioned this to Cheesy before you, you joined the call. Do I sound any clearer? Yeah, you do. Why? Have you got a new phone? <laughs> 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 Linda bought me a microphone for Christmas. So I'm trying out oh. today. You know what I, I? You know what I've been doing. So how how's it? Is it plugged into your phone? Yeah, yeah. It's the uh, it's the headphone bit. There's like a, a wire with, with sort of like a splitter. So then I've got my headphones into the green one, and this microphone into the red one. Oh, that's quite uh, a good idea. I'll send you a picture of the of the setup. Yeah, because I've got uh, so for Christmas I got uh, off my mum. She's given me 60 pounds of Amazon vouchers. And I've been looking around thinking, what could I buy myself? Like, just at Christmas, don't really need anything. Can't think of anything what? that you know. 
What do you buy the man that has everything? Well, yeah. exactly. I mean, I've got a three-thirds man, one first cow's T-shirt. Don't need... <laughs> yeah. that, 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 was, that was the only thing left that he needed. <laughs> uh, so then I, was, so I thought, oh, you know what? I might look for a microphone. So if you send me that, and I, was, and I might have to see if I can get it off Amazon, that'd be great. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you if you think I sound good, then yeah, this is the one to go. I suppose these are the first two people that have heard it. In, I mean, you know. always sound good, Simon, no matter what. <laughs> but <laughs> but even clearer, clearer yeah. than, than ever before. Yeah, that yeah, that that was that was the only thing I could think I might need. It was that or um, a self heating jacket. I couldn't quite toss up. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be perfect. Yeah. We used to... I saw it. I saw oh, it. I what, thought, how, how, does it how does it heat up? What, what... So it's got like a power bank in yeah. it. Yeah. We've had so you charge that up. And then you can basically, there's like a pocket that you can charge your phone. It's like a mobile power bank. And then it's got like wires running through the whole jacket. You just turn it on. Sets it to a nice toasty temperature for you. It's got, has it got like pads and stuff like like around the jacket rather than just being, or does it heat the whole thing up? I think it depends which one you go for. Some of them heat the whole thing up, some of them are just pads. But there was one on Amazon for £30. How heavy is it? It's quite light. Last how, six how, hours. You can set it to a toasty 30, 40, or 50 degrees Celsius. I thought 50 might be a bit more. Yeah, that sounds heavy on. It sounds like a fire risk of anything. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I couldn't quite decide, so. We'll have to see. Anyway, how was everyone's Christmas? Oh, we had a lovely time, actually. Yeah. Really nice. Uh, and, you know, just watched a lot of TV, drank a Be- lot, ate a lot. Best present? Well, well, the microphone, well, it's got to be right yeah. up there, hasn't it? Uh, well, got a new coat as well. Which is are you saying really that? Blender around, is that why you're saying that? <laughs> well, I know she listens, though. So, <laughs> 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 well, well, I've got a new coat that I've been wearing a lot, actually, so the coat has been a real a real triumph. From, I'll tell you where it's from, uh, Cheesy, you'll like this. From GK Maxx. Oh, is it? One in the yeah. fort. Well, you definitely bought that before the before lockdown, didn't you? Yeah, well, it was for Christmas Day, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we nice. went to, um, I think it must have been, was it a Sunday morning? But uh, Linda was like, oh, need to get there early. It was like, because it was like the Saturday or Sunday before Christmas, I think. And then, um, so we got left at like 10. The place didn't open until 11. Yeah. Yeah, you can do some browsing, but unfortunately. Oh, yeah, bra- yeah, yeah, half 10, the doors opened, yeah. But you couldn't actually buy anything at that stage. I mean, luckily, the fort's a lovely place to walk around, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing, isn't it? Well, it's it's a cheater bill, yeah. At least it's a big place to walk around. I mean, you could have gone to some retail parts. You could have been done in five minutes. <laughs> yeah. What, 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 what did you two get? Uh, what did I get? I got some clothes... Uh, what else did I get? I tell you what. Oh, so Claire's mum and dad brought in this massive, heavy present, big box, about bigger than Teddy, so bigger than a five-year-old. And then uh, I come to open it on Christmas Day, and I open it, and so they bought me a camping bed, right? Which I, but because I've tried on some, well, I say tried on, as if you put them on, 
I, I tried lying on some camping beds. Basically, at six foot, that's about the limit that you can go on. So I've seen some extra large camping beds, yeah, which are a little bit wider, a little bit longer. So my feet were dangling off the edge. So I said, oh, that I could have one of them for Christmas. That'd be great. Um, so when they opened it, basically they bought me a, a double camping bed, which is two singles basically stitched together, which wasn't what I wanted. So they've had to so basically so then because they bought it and try and send it back because it's so big, and they they have to pay to send it back, and to pay to send it back is going to cost them like twenty quid. <laughs> so basically, we've got this camping double bunk camping double bed in in our hallway that's now on Facebook Marketplace, <laughs> hoping that someone's going to buy it. So that would have been a really nice present if it wasn't the wrong thing. But, yeah. So, so does it just not fit in the tent? No, it fits. You are, the, you are, of it, course, the man that has bought all the t- camping gear without... Yeah, it fits in the camp. tent. It's not that it fits in the tent. It's that it doesn't... I don't fit. I'm too big oh. for it. Oh. So it could have been like a king size, but it didn't matter because it's not... It could have been even wider, but it's not. Le- it's the it's the length you need. Length, length. My head's right on the edge, and my feet so are right on the edge of a normal one. So it's even my head slips off backwards, or my feet dangle off the edge. So in a way, in a way, it's a bit of an insult to you, isn't it? That they bought it because they they they've been told that basically camping bags weren't big enough for you, and they've assumed <laughs> it's width wise. <laughs> 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 it's not occurring to them. It could be. It could be length, yeah. <laughs> they yeah. Go, oh, yeah, he has been putting the pounds on, hasn't he? Yeah. I mean, I hadn't really thought of it that way till now, <laughs> Simon. <laughs> so, but yeah. So, does, does Claire have a camping bed? No, not yet. So, in an ideal situation, you have one that's long enough. But, and what, she's just on the floor, is she? No, she's going to get... So, the, the, the tent can fit... So we can fit two in it, side by side, but she just doesn't need... A big long one like I do. So she's just got to get a normal, normal one. What close to the time? Yeah, yeah. So, but we'll see. But yeah, what I try to think that's yeah. So that's that's pretty much would have been would have been it. What I got, and then I can't think what else I got. That's about it. Yeah, it was nice. I enjoyed it. I tell you what, the best thing the kids got a Nintendo Switch. And I have played so much Pokemon. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I've completed Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu. I've, got, I've beat all eight gyms. I'm now a master trainer. I I'm didn't very, see it very well. Oh, it did. Well, it, depressingly, oh, it tells you every time you save it, I'll, uh, how many hours you've been playing. 21 hours I've wrapped up over Christmas. <laughs> 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 What do you get, Cheddar? Uh, well, similar to Simon, I needed a coat, um, so I got some. I got some vouchers and some and some money. So I've been doing a lot of um, a lot of internet shopping. So I've got it. Literally arrived. It arrived about four hours ago, actually. So I've got myself a nice new um, black coat to replace the old black coat that I uh, that I, I've got some that's got holes in it now. So and then the usual then- chocolates and smellies and underwear and. Other, and other bits and pieces and stuff like that, but yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a lovely, it was a lovely Christmas. And then double delight for you, Simon. It was your birthday as well. Yeah, it was my birthday on uh, Tuesday this week. Yeah, January the fifth. I, I only wanted a quiet one. I thought 
Boris Johnson announcing the whole country into lockdown was probably going a bit too far on that. Yeah. But yeah, did you, a, a, did you get anything? Do you, do you have this struggle that you get most things for Christmas so then no one really knows to buy you for your birthday? It's not a great time to have a birthday, yeah. It's always a bit of a disaster. <laughs> and when I was a kid, it used to often be like the first day back at school after the Christmas holidays. It was oh, like, yeah. Whammy rubbish. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but it was quite nice. So Linda actually was working, she was working like this 12-hour shift on the day, but we were both off on the Saturday. So I would really had a kind of mini birthday on the Saturday. So we had a birthday tea and I opened my present. Got a new set of darts. No. So I should be ready for the World Championships next year. I mean, um, I, I I I never uh, knew that Phil the Power Taylor went about training for darts by uh, using a punching bag. <laughs> no, that's it. Yeah, well, well, you say that. Gerwin Price is in good shape. Former rugby player, isn't he? So well, there is. He's, that. A, he, he's, a, he's a unit. That man. He's a unit. Yeah. One. He's saying you're one of the new breed. <laughs> the new breed, yeah. Although, I'm, uh, to be honest, the, the, the punch bag hasn't got much. Happen- no, over Christmas, the main table in our kitchen kind of well, first of all, it arrived. Um, so we'd ordered it like months ago, so it only arrived a few weeks ago. And we had loads of sort of food and stuff and chocolate, and like, so it's not easy to move out of the way to get the punch, punch bags kind of stuck in the corner now. So I've not been on the punch bag as, as much, not, I've not been on it since pre Christmas, so but. Might try and get on it tomorrow, work out a way. We've got to keep your options open, Simon. I mean, there's always City's third goalkeeper spot. I mean, I mean yeah. Anthony Joshua might need that opponent at last minute. That's the thing with me, I'm adaptable. <laughs> it's not just high-quality broadcasting. <laughs> it's low-quality boxing as well. Yeah. If, if they ever, and I've been calling for it for a long time, switch the triathlon, instead of having them running the cycling and the swimming, Let's have the darts, the boxing, and the podcast. And the, <laughs> the classic three. <laughs> if that was the triathlon, I reckon I'd be I'd be challenging for an Olympic place. Definitely. I mean, I mean, I mean, what we have found out tonight as well that Manchester City have got a fourth choice goalkeeper. <laughs> but who's on the bench for me, though? Yeah. I can't. I, can't, I don't know. What, I don't know what his, I don't know what his name is, but um, he's definitely he's definitely fourth choice. I think he must be the he must be the youth goalkeeper. Well, have you seen uh, Derby are playing? I think they played Charlie or Charlton. Yeah, in the yeah, first yeah, team. Charlie, yeah. So they um, made a pentali of under under twenty three, under eighteen. I mean, they were they were expecting Rooney to turn up, weren't they? I can't. I don't know if it's a. Um, I don't know if it's a Pride Park or not, but they were expecting to see Rooney. But they'll be. Uh, they won't. They won't be getting him now, will they? So, and they're going to make the draw as well, aren't they? For the for the next two rounds, apparently. On Monday. I'll tell- just got back to birthday. Claire's birthday as well. Of course, yeah. On, on Sunday. So extra pressure on you. What, what did you get? How, how did you well, get? luckily, her last present didn't arrive till today. Oh, that's a stroke of luck. Yeah, spreading it out. <laughs> like I, I told her, we'll make, we'll make your birthday last a bit longer. We'll wait for UPS to deliver your last present, <laughs> which I ordered at the start of December for your Christmas present. Um. <laughs> So what I got her, what did I get her? I got her some uh, customised Converse, which was a very nice present of me. So I, so you can go on Converse and you pick everything. 
from what colour the soles are to what colour each side is, what colour the back panel is, and the insides and the tongs and the laces. So I bought a pair of grey and grey with pink trim. Looks very nice, swish. Off-white soles. And then on the back, you know, on a pair of Converse, you've got the stripe. Like the, the yeah. yeah. On one, on the left, left shoe, it says love down the side, love down the back. And on the right shoe, it says TLJ, which are the kids' initials. Oh, that's no, a nice look at that. That got me lots of brownie points tonight. She was very, very impressed. And I mean, she better had have been because the amount I've been bigging them up over the last <laughs> two weeks, <laughs> saying you're going to love the last present when it finally arrived. And you're the king of the customization, aren't you? Of course, from, from your armband days. Yeah, it's a real, real favorite thing to do of mine. And I'll tell you what else I got. I got two tickets for an evening with Tim Peake. The astronaut guy? The astronaut, yeah. Well, where's that going to be? Well, it's going to be in November, so I'm hoping Boris isn't lying about a vaccination program. <laughs> and we'll be able to go at the Laura. So, yeah. And then the last thing I got was uh, printouts for a Grey's Anatomy Guess Who game. Which was all right. That was, that was real the, last minute. Uh, going back to the customised Converse, did you yeah. get a job lot of Converse... On the back of them said three thirds of my own font left, down from the right. I've, I've already written that, that down, Simon. I've already written. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want us to miss an opportunity. Well, it's it's my turn for Christmas presents, isn't it this year? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get them ordered now. <laughs> I hope you like pink and grey. <laughs> I mean. I mean, these presents are getting more and more expensive. What I'm expecting by the time we get uh, some, oh, yeah. some... I got, I got in early with the uh, with three bottles of Fanta, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> by the time it gets to Christmas, you'll be ordering us an outside studio here, Ross. I mean, I look oh. forward to when uh, you have to somehow surreptitiously find out what our shoe size is, but I don't want to make it obvious. <laughs> uh, I'll find a way. There'll just be a text I'll message next year. Leave your shoes outside. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll just put a layer of wet cement outside your front door, and then when you step on it, I'll take a cast and then work it out. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. So what are we talking about, Teddo? Right. Um, so we'll talk about um, Kieran Trippier first, who uh, has been in trouble. Uh, well, been in, in trouble. Um, Ten match uh, ban um, for um, giving tips for betting. So we'll talk about that. Um, we'll obviously um, talk about uh, Liverpool United, who, as of probably, I think it is next Tuesday, will have swapped places in the table. Um, and then if we've got time, we'll talk about the League Cup. Uh, and also, we've touched on it as well about the FA Cup and any and some more COVID issues, especially at Manchester City. So, uh, we'll have a break uh, and we'll come right back and we will talk about Kieran Trippier. Welcome back to the Three Thirds Mike One Third Scouts podcast. And as we said before the break, we will start with Kieran Trippier. So, Simon, what is what is the story behind Kieran Trippier at the minute? He has been banned. Why has he been banned for ten games? So it, it turned out that he moved from Spurs to uh, Atletico Madrid. Was it last? Well, when was it? Uh, Twenty nineteen. Yeah. Twenty nineteen. 
God, a, a lifetime ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> the world is such a different place. Um, but uh, it, it's he basically there is a betting infringement, and it has subsequently turned out that he was messaging his friends saying that he was about to move from Spurs to Atletico Madrid. And with certain bookmakers, you could bet on him moving. So his mates, with this inside information, um, well, to quote them in their WhatsApp conversation, lumped on um, and placed bets on him to move, which is um, which you're not allowed to do and is a breach of uh, the gambling rules or whatever. So he was given, I think, a 10-match ban, quite a hefty fine, Um which Atletico Madrid were not very happy about because I think Diego Simeone's line on it was that, you know, this happened while he was a Spurs player and they're the ones that are now going to receive the punishment. Um, me, personally, I, I have no real sympathy with bookmakers. So if bookmakers lose money, I'm very much, you know, they make a lot of money. Sometimes exploiting quite vulnerable people. Um, and... I just don't think you should have these betting markets. I think it's just so open to exploitation. And I think, it's, I personally, I think it's unfair to punish Trippier for something his friends have done. I think it's sort of, I think it's reasonable for him to tell his friends he's about to move to Spain. But I think you see it differently, Jesus. Um, oh, I'd, I think I think I came across very harsh on on, on the WhatsApp messages the other night. I was when we were having a debate about it. I was like, the, I think the thing for me more than anything else was that this is not it's not the first occasion that it's happened, and it's happened quite recently. And it's happened to, to it happened to Daniel Sturridge, and I think, um, and I don't know, I might be wrong. When he was at Liverpool, something similar happened, and I don't know if if he'd been talking about. Um, somebody that he knew that was moving or whether it was, or it might have been if he was going on, I think he went on loan to West Brom, didn't he? It might have been that scenario that it, it originally happened with. Um, and the same thing happened to him. It was exactly the same, the same reason. Um, but like you said, like we also talked about, those markets shouldn't really exist. And all right, all right they do exist. And it's probably the, the next manager of a club is probably the one is more than anything else. There's always a market on who will be the next Manchester United manager when the next manager is going to get sacked or anything like that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the, the the rules on on betting, unfortunately, are, I mean, for some strange reason, the the harshest rules in football. I mean, there's there's plenty of other things that um, players do and um, and say and and things happen and uh, and nothing really happens to them. And then Kieran Trippier's told his well, his mate or his best mate, he's told him that he's moving to a different club, and he ends up he finds out he's going to be missing for one of for one of a month, maybe two months of the season, um, and gets a, a fine. Um, which is just, I mean, it, the, the crime doesn't sit, the punishment doesn't seem to fit, to fit the crime, but um, I suppose it's just, I suppose it's just one of them things. He, he, surely he must have known that, I don't know, surely he must have known as soon as he said lump it on that that was uh, implicating him in, in some sort of way, whether or not his friend made any money out of it or even put the bet on. I, I mean, I don't even know if his, if his friend even put the bet on. I, that, I mean, we've never actually found that out. I can only assume that's what's happened. I think his friend put about 25 quid on. So, uh, again, it's just, that's just, for, for somebody to get banned for 10 games for that was just incredible. And it, it reminded me as well about the, the non league goalkeeper as well. The son had asked him, did he put a bet on or was there a bet of it into a, a pie at half time? Yeah. And um, I mean, for, I mean, especially for him, whether his friends or whatever, I think, I don't know if he bet on himself or, or something, but I think he got 50 grand out of that. 
out of that bet or somebody put a lot of money on it. Um, uh, it's just, it's just, it's th- that the situation of the rules being the rules and how they are. That that like I said, that market, that market should never really exist, and it just puts players in a really awkward situation. Of, and like you, I mean, like you said, if, if, I mean, if you were going to leave the country or you were going to get get a job or if anything happens to you, like I mean, I'd probably tell you to before before. It, I mean, obviously, my if I'm going to move countries or move jobs, not to get announced in the national paper or on the news. Um, but I mean, I'd probably tell you two about it before it was probably announced or as soon as it had happened. So, I mean, I suppose whether you decided to profit from it or not, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think. Oh, I'll tell you two think- bit of information and then you can. You can. Cause what, it- gets me, what gets me this though is I imagine this goes on all the time. Well, it must happen in horse racing. Yeah. And like, I mean, just in football transfers, you're not telling me that footballers know they're going to move. Don't tell the best mates what's going on. The best mates don't put a bet on. Yeah. Well, the thing was, if if it spoke, and the only rally came came to this conclusion at the end, this conversation would have been over the phone. There would have been no evidence to it. In in, yeah, exactly. It would never know. It's probably on the time, but it's no WhatsApp messages that 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 he goes, yeah, lump it on. And this is why I'm I'm kind of simple. Sort of makes me more sympathetic to Trippier in a way because I think like if if they had like he'd like told them in like confidentially in person in a way that couldn't be tracked and then they put like a hundred grand on it or something and then like that would have been like proper fraud but you know if it's just you know the fact that he was just liberally sent sharing this information in a WhatsApp group makes you think that it clearly isn't a, a well organised crime is it? Well, the other thing when he shared it, the odds were so short anyway. I think it was like. So so short that you you'd have to put hundreds of thousands to make next to nothing back on anyway. So it's not like it was fifty to one. He's gone. Oh, it's great odds now. You better put it on now because before before the news gets out. It, I just think the whole thing's stupid. Apparently, there was a uh, a representative of a, a bookmaker on uh, on a news channel this morning saying basically that the bookmaker makes no money from these markets and they're only on for a bit of fun, which seems. That that just seems like it is just there to make footballers trip up. Like it's just another loophole that footballers can trip up over. Which, like you say, for just telling your mates that you're going somewhere, it's, it's very harsh. I th- and the other thing is, like you said, Simon, it was a, this was ages ago. What on earth is? I know I, I know he's had his ban for about two or three weeks, and it's not like we're reporting something that's been in the news today, but. And, and it's not, and it's messages as well. I don't understand how, how's this all, how's it all come to light? Why is it taking so long to deal with these issues if there's hard evidence to say that this is what's happened and these are the rules? This is a bit that I can't understand. And I, I mean, I sympathetic to Trippier, sympathetic to Atletico Madrid as well. It's not their fault that um, this situation's happened. It just seems a bit, just seems a bit. The other thing crazy. for me, the other thing for me, Trippier's defense is. It's not been him instigating, getting everyone to bet on him. His mates have said, should I put on it? And he's just gone, yeah, go on then. It's not like he's been the one going, you really need to get on this. You really need to do that. Yeah, he's not instigated the conversation, really. Go on then. If that's what you want to do, do it. Basically. He's not said, no, don't do it. He's not said, yeah. Oh, how much are you thinking of putting on? Ten, no. No, I'd, I'd put like ten grand on. He's not instigated any amounts of money. He's just said, yeah, if you want to do that. Because as soon as something like this comes up, you instantly think he's been throwing games, and I don't care whatever. I don't care what. And this was exactly the same with Sturridge. And you just think that uh, whenever any, any footballer's caught up in a betting scandal or anything like that, 
they're either throwing games or the fixing games or anything like that. And it's got and it's actually got absolutely nothing to do with that whatsoever. Yeah, it's a shame, but I mean, I thought, I mean, hopefully they change the they look at the law and change it because I think there has been a lot of a lot of outcry from this, hasn't there? There's been a lot of support for Trippier in terms of what's happened, and I think like I accept that from the point of view that if the rule is there that you can't do it, then yes, technically he has broke a rule, so there has to be some form of punishment. But I think the rule's stupid. And I think the punishment is a bit over the top. So I think there is a lot of sympathy for. It's almost like happened. he's. It's almost like he's been banned for fixing. Get, like I, I can't remember what the. Um, I can't remember what the rule. There was somebody like there was three players that had done three different things, like three separate categories. Whether it was foul and abusive language, or whether it was racism, or whatever it was, I can't remember what the three were now. And the punishment that Trippy got was well, three times, four times the punishment of, the, of these other players and. In society, what those what the other players have done was definitely worse, if not three times, four times worse than what than what Trippier had done. I, I couldn't, I just couldn't understand it. It's just like you said, it's just it's just a stupid rule that needs to be the the, the market just need not exist. It's just, um, mm. I mean, you think there are managers that move club, there's managers and players that move clubs all the time. Must be oh yeah, that's what I mean. You can't you can't be saying that these conversations don't happen. Of course they do. But hmm. anyway, let's move on. We'll move on. Right, what do you what do you, what do you want to talk about United? Yeah, let's talk about the most informed team in the country. Yeah. What an exciting time it is to be a Manchester United fan. Feel like the most exciting time since Fergie left. I would say. I, mean, I know. You know, we did finish second under Jose and we won the Europa League, but it is really exhilarating at the moment. It, just because there's so much chaos going on and United have just hit form and we're going to be joint top of the league, it just seems so long ago. It's so long, United's the conversation with United has been whether or not we'll qualify from top four. It's just nice to be back in the, back in the title conversation. I, I don't think we'll win the title, but I just like that we're there or thereabouts. Do you not think we'll? I'm not saying we will win it, but do you not think we're? Well, I, I think I, we're. You better place than we. You better place than we are. <laughs> I still think Liverpool will. I, I actually think Manchester City are the ones who could. Uh, I've always felt Manchester City just look like they could hit good form and just like start churning out wins. Um, and you know, United yeah, have but... got some sort of shortfalls that haven't really gone away. Um, I thought. I yeah. I. I don't know. I think, I think the thing is now. At the start of the year, obviously, like, well, you think about that Brighton game when we scored the penalty after the full time whistle had gone in the hundredth minute, and we didn't play well at all, which was a massive moment. Now, if you think about it, and then there has been some bad moments. The Champions League exit, and we were questioning things again, and what's going on and all these tactics because he got them wrong for certain things. But then since then, I don't know, we've been really, really good. And I know I, I kind of, I mean, I think when I think like the, the temptation is when you think back to like under Fergie, you always like look back with rose tinted glasses, don't you go, oh, we, we're amazing and we won every game and we dominated everything. But I, like actually thinking about it, that's not how United played under Fergie, was it? 
It wasn't far yeah. off some seasons. Like 2008, no, was, no, but... was it the 2008? There was, there was some, somebody put something up the other day about the, the amount of points that teams had got in three seasons. And I, I, the city, City's like two seasons where they got 197 and 98 points. Obviously, that, that probably will never, ever be. Um, but was it not between 2007 and 2009? United have got like nearly and like 90, 91 and 88 no, points and won the, league, won the league every time. No, you misinterpret what I'm saying. I'm saying that we might have won lots of games. And yes, we did, we did dominate like in terms of winning. But I'm saying during the 90 minutes of a of a of a game, we weren't we we conceded chances, and there was a lot of times when like Rio and Vidic were considered great because you could rely on them. So like we give away chances, but they they kept us in game. Like we had great keep. We, Peter Schmeichel wasn't considered a great one on one shot stopping because he'd never had a one on one shot to save. He had lots to save. That's why he was considered great. At it. Van der Sar wasn't considered a great keeper because he had nothing to do. He kept us in game. We had really good players to keep us in games. And I'm saying the reason United was so successful in the Fergie is because we always scored and we always seemed to dig out ways of winning, which is kind of, and I'm not saying we're anywhere near what we were under Fergie, but I'm saying that's kind of what you're starting to see under Solskjaer now that we're just always, yeah, we'll allow the team to have possession, but you know, like especially these last 10 weeks, these last 10 games, we're always a threat. There's always, you feel like at the minute we're always going to score a goal. Whereas last season, you didn't always feel like that. But this season, something is different in terms of, you do feel like we're carrying a threat all the time. We could score a goal. And you yeah. are... Go on. Oh, well, uh, uh, what I was going to say was, on the slide, you know, I've probably played quite a few games since we last did a podcast. What, uh, what have you made of Pogba's recent form? Well, yeah, I know, like, I had the massive rant the other week where I said, basically, we just need to get him out of the club. And this is the really irritating thing with him. The last three or four weeks, he's played really, really well. And he's been one of our best performers. And that's annoying because, and I'm not saying he's played really, really well until he's gone like, oh, my God, look at that world-class thing he's done every single week. He hasn't done that. He's just been really effective at the job he's doing. Which, when you pay ninety million pounds for someone, that's exactly what you want every week. And I, I, like, like I say, it's not. It's not like he's done something that you're going. Yes, he's took three people on each week, and then he scored a wonder goal from forty yards out. He's not doing that. He's getting the ball. He's playing it simple, or he's getting the ball and he's spraying a pass out. And he's going to where he wanted. He's not picking it up on the edge of his area, trying to te- trying to turn someone, getting tackled, and giving the ball away. He's doing his job really effectively. I mean, some um, might say he's no. for, some might say he's playing for a move. Ah, I think he's playing for a move. But I, mean, I, I don't it, mind that. It, I, I, I think he's been sort of quite a, a, been dealt with quite a grown up way with Manchester United. I think fair play to Ollie. I think he's managed the Pogba situation quite well. And you know, you look at the mess Arsenal got into with Özil, and they've ended up paying him, you know, a lot of money for a couple of years where he's not been anywhere near playing. And I think United have. They've fairly grown up with Pogba and said uh, the best thing for Pogba and the best thing for United is for him to play really well between now and the end of the season and that will increase his value and it will mean all the big clubs in Europe will be desperate to come and sign him. What, what, what would have been a disaster would have been Pogba out in the cold, on the bench, all the big clubs in Europe thinking, God, Pogba's a nightmare. We don't want to go anywhere near him. We're not going to pay him anyway just to come to us. And then yeah. United would have been left with 
either having to take a really low offer or even worst case scenario, he would have just sat on the bench and waited out till the end of his contract. Whereas this way, I think if he plays well between now and the end of the season, his value will go up. I agree. I think um, I think it's that's kind of helped in terms of recent history of United. In terms of they have been stung a lot with um, players that have come in and gone on big wages. So like Sanchez came in was on big wages and never really performed. We've had others that have come in that are big names have gone on big wages and not really performed for us. I mean, you think De Gea, I mean, even though he is, he has been one of our, well, one of our best players over the last 10 years, he signed a big contract and then suddenly went downhill and wasn't great. So I think we got stung a bit with that in terms of players getting on big contracts and then not really performing. And then I also think in terms of Solskjaer coming in and, and being quite, uh, good in the transfer market and knowing like getting not overpaying for players I know you could say Maguire maybe but at the time that's what it was to get him and we did need a centre-half so fair enough but then you think Solskjaer under Fergie as well Fergie never really stood for I'm going to have people hold the club to ransom and get these massive contracts and this and that so I think it kind of helps that all them things have gone before and Solskjaer's had that under Fergie so he's kind of probably had some influence in terms of we can't be getting down this situation again, which has helped in terms of, like you say, not offering Pogba this massive contract that could have quite easily happened a couple of years ago if his contract was running out. And we could have said, you know what, we're struggling here. We still need world class players at the club to sell sell the brand that is Manchester United. But we haven't. We're at a point now where we don't need to do that. And like you say, it it, it works out best if you get Pogba playing for half a season. It gives you. It gives you. 18, 19 games of seven, eight outs of tens, and that gets you in a position where you challenge him for the league title or you win something, and then he goes for either a decent amount and we get someone else in that really wants to be at the club. Well, yeah, I'm just been quite pleased with with United and and, and how things have, have sort of worked out, and you know. I still feel like we just need things to fall into place for us to to re- actually go in and win the league. But we're uh, we're kind of in the conversation, which is is just nice. Makes a nice change. I, th- I think the big thing for me, the Aston Villa game was a massive moment because that Aston Villa are a decent team this season. I don't know. You might laugh, Simon, in terms of it's like me saying about Sheffield United last season. But I think that was a big that we, last season we could have quite easily lost that game or dropped points, whereas we didn't this season. We 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 still found a way to win it against a decent defensive and quite attack like well the good attacking side. And I know we gave up loads of chances and Jack Grealish was really dangerous, but we didn't lose. And that to me is a real real progress and shows where we're going. And I I'm not worried about top four now. And I think we are more looking at how close we are to the top of the league as opposed to how close we are to fourth place, which is a real is a real positive. Last weekend, che- uh, cheesy when um, Liverpool uh, drew with whoever they drew with, and Henderson had to play centre half with um, Fabinho. Was that the Monday. first time? No, Monday was, the- Monday was the Monday was the first. I think Monday was Monday night was the first time Henderson had played at, at centre back. He'd not played at centre back before. Before then, I think Nat Phillips had well, played. What I was going to say was, was that the first time when? This injury crisis at Liverpool is actually starting to bite with on-field repercussions. I sort of feel like you've been getting loads of injuries, but just carrying on winning for a long time. 
we've always had a centre back. That's been the problem. So when um, when, Matt, when Matic went off against, um, well, yeah. But do you not think that if so? I don't, look, just say for instance, by Lindelof and Maguire had got injured, you don't think that he'd play Matic at centre back before he played some kids at centre back? No, uh, right. No, but my point is, he's been playing Phillips at centre back with Fabinho. Or, yeah, he's, Phillips has only played twice at centre back. I think with with Fabinho, he's not played every game because Matic's been fit. So Matic was injured against West Brom, and I think I think Phillips came on at that point. So we've not played yeah, but, many games my, with two midfielders. My point is, at, so I, when anyone talks about Liverpool, they talk about John Henderson, and they talk about Liverpool midfield. They say John Henderson integral to that midfield, don't they? Yeah. So why then take him out when you've got because a kid we, who I don't be, think is good enough for Liverpool? Because, <laughs> for the last three, because for the last three weeks we've also had no Oxlade Chamberlain, no Milner, no. Uh, we've still got no Kaita, we've had no Thiago. So we've got four players you can play central midfield that a week ago we we didn't have. I, I understand all that, but that's so. Say we had an injury crisis to Fred McTominay um, and all them. That I wouldn't still move Bruno Fernandez out from the, the position that he plays from United. But you wouldn't put an attacking player in a defensive midfield position anyway. No, so, I'd, play wait, so we... I'd play the people in the right places. I wouldn't take my best player and move him out out to the. I wouldn't take Bruno Fernandez and say, right, forget the number ten role, Fernandez. You're going to play right wing today. Do you, do you understand? I'm, I'm, I'm saying I don't understand why you would take the way Liverpool would could win games is just by being completely dominant, having that midfield general that Henderson's supposed to be for you midfield. I don't understand why you're moving back and then because he can't because he could he depends on leaking goals. See, so it's not it's not defensively that you're struggling. But then he wouldn't have played. I don't think he would have played Henderson and Thiago in the same. Um, team as Wijnaldum or Milner I can't, I can't remember who started now, what, on, on, on Monday but he, I don't think he would have played those those three players that, would, that wouldn't have been the case and I think that the the issue probably has been more than anything is that the, the front three have just kind of knackered themselves out because they're the ones that are playing all the time because since Jock has been injured that there's not really been any rotation I know we've played Minamino played at Palace and quite a few Liverpool fans have questioned why he's not even played on the pitch for the last three games not even played a minute. Um, but I wasn't, I don't think I was, that's the word I'm looking for. I don't think I was upset that Henderson played at centre-back at, um, on on Monday. I think it was just a culmination of a, a couple of things that, that didn't really work. I, I mean, you, can, you could say that was one of them. Um, but I don't think we were ever going to be overrun when um, when we played Newcastle, I don't think we were ever going to be overrun at centre half when we played um, when we played West Brom. But um, Walcott and uh, and Danny Ings offer something completely different, um, and a player with a bit more experience at the back. When Nat Phillips is not the most mobile person a- a- anyway, and, and Klopp will admit that himself. So that's not how. He's not he's not the fastest player that we that we've got. But the thing for Matic is he's he's a he's a much better defender. So when Matic plays there, he's got a be- better positional sense than Nat Phillips. So for the pace that Matic doesn't have, he understands and can drop off and can defend better than Nat Phillips. Reese Williams is the other way around where he's got a bit of pace about him, but the boy's 19, 20 or 21 or whatever he is, and very, very raw, very young, but he's not an experienced centre back. 
So the fact he wanted to put somebody at the back that was quite experienced, and he did that against Fulham, I think, as well. We took a defender off at Fulham when we weren't playing very well, and we went to three at the back, and I think Henderson slotted in there. Well, yeah, we but you were chasing the result then, weren't you? That wasn't the start of the game. Yeah, I don't, but I don't think I don't I don't disagree that Henderson couldn't have played there. Whether he wanted to play there or not, I don't know. Um, but I didn't re- I, to have the experience on the pitch at that point was I was fine with that, and we've never done that before because we've never been able to really have enough length on the fielders to come in and take the places for the rest of them because they've always been injured. So Oxley Chamberlain and. Tiago came back in to, and Kaita's out at the minute. Milner's been out. So if Henderson, if he may have decided to put Henderson back there before, I think we've got eight central midfielders fit at the minute. So in order to get them all in and to, to give some of them a rest and to move some of them around, I don't think that would I don't think that was the issue. I just think the issue was it just it just didn't work. So or it just didn't go according to plan. Obviously the the, the goal after two minutes didn't help. Um, Southampton are a much better team than West Brom and, um, and Newcastle and um, caused us much more problems. They were much more energetic than, and, um, than Newcastle and West Brom. Um, and we, we just didn't play well enough to deserve even a point. So we didn't create enough. Um, and that's kind of been what it's been like for the last three games. It's kind of come out of the blue a little bit. Um, it's not been great to watch. Um, but it is. It seems to be this season of that it isn't going to go our it isn't going to go our way and this whole thing that everybody's come out and said that Liverpool are going to win the league yeah three three games ago that seemed to be the case but we haven't really sorted the centre-back problem out and everybody's done well Liverpool haven't been leaking goals and chances but it completely alters the way that we play in that that we would normally have two we would normally go two against two at the back of with Van Dijk and Gomez the, the full-backs would have complete confidence in the centre-back partnership that we would be playing or the whoever would I mean, be Ship seven against Aston Villa. Yeah, but you could also, but <laughs> you could also say that that was a we're away from home. Leicester tonked City five one at home. You got beat six one at home. That's the, the, those results just seem to happen happen this year. That and that's just, that, that just seems to be a given. I'm not saying that we were perfect that night, and we weren't, and that was probably a bit of Klopp arrogance. But I mean, it, 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 three games ago us getting beat 7-2 didn't really matter because we could have gone four points we could have been four points clear at the top and it's all woulda, coulda, shoulda but we, we were just probably a bit arrogant in that game Aston Villa were probably played the best game that they'd probably played and we were on the receiving end of a, a bit of a hide and then probably a bit of a wake-up call which is not the end of the world Simon. really but Simon yeah what do you think of Klopp's penalty claims comments I thought they were bizarre, actually. I, th- I thought it was really out of character for him. Is, I mean, is this what he gets like when, he's, when his teams aren't winning? I, I, I thought it was a strange thing for him to say. Um, I think the one thing about VAR is it, it does mean that, although Manchester United had a lot of penalties, they have been... I, I don't think any of them... Not that many of them have been that controversial. And actually, a bit of me feels like maybe... You know, I feel like in the pre-VAR, people would always complain about big teams getting lots of penalties. But now you think, oh, well, you know, the evidence is there and maybe United just have the ball and run at people. You know, you've got people like uh, Rashford and Martial running at people in the box then. As opposed, to, as opposed, as opposed to Salah Romani. Well, I mean, how many times have you not been given a penalty when you think you should have been? 
Well, didn't we get? It's not, we did, it's not we a get, narrative that I feel is, it comes through very often. I, I, I don't, th- I don't particularly think it is. But I, you look at, I don't see many differences in the Pogba penalty to the Mane penalty at the, at the weekend. I think you could probably say that the Mane penalty, the ball was a little bit further away. But I don't necessarily see huge differences in that. Um, I don't know how. I don't really know how Perry could say that Mane kicked the back of his leg when Mane wasn't even aware of where. Walker, Walker Peters' leg was when he, he was past he was past the player at that point, and then the shot the shot that he took that Jack Stevens um, blocked with his arm was exactly the same position of his arm that Joe Gomez got when we played Manchester City early in the season. We got a penalty but, given. Yeah, up. but, but what, that... do, you, do you not think it's just it's strange from Klopp to be coming out like this? It's a bit like that BT thing. The other, the other month when um, well, we talked about it a lot of the time when he sort of complained about them being scheduled at 12.30. Like, he's just increasingly coming out with these things in a way that he didn't do, well, last season when you were cruising towards the league title or even the season before when he was actually in a title race with, with Manchester City. And, you know, he, he, at the time, he, would, he wouldn't come out with these sort of statements. I think he feels hard done by. I think I, I think I've got to be honest. I think I feel a bit hard done by by certain things this season. Well, we haven't been playing well, and I've said to you before, when we've like there's been times where the game against Fulham, I was like, we were rubbish. We should have lost that game. I said the fact that we got a penalty to to um, for for us to draw one all when we were absolutely garbage for 75 minutes of that game. I was like, there has been times this season where it's been rubbish, and we didn't we didn't deserve a point on the other night. But the fact that there's been I'm, I, I, and the, we had two penalty shouts that ne- that didn't that we were told. Well, I don't know. We were Klopp said afterwards that we, they were told that they were reviewed. They were the fastest reviews that I've ever seen for penalty decisions this season. Um, because and they knew it was quite clear that they weren't penalties. Really? Well, so they spend, why did they spend nearly five minutes after the game discussing whether or not that Mane had kicked the back of his leg? Because pundits need something to talk about. And it was a so, it's something so it was, that was <laughs> important in the game then for it not that, that, for not even to be checked. But that's that's exactly the same rant I went on the other week when I said about um, Carragher doing silly dances about onside offside kind of stuff. It's the, the pundits talk for ten fifteen minutes about the things that are most obvious. It do, it doesn't mean that it's controversial. There was a lot of talk about the. So you didn't think it was a didn't it was a penalty. But I mean, you thought the not, penalty was a penalty. The Pogba one. Yeah. I just don't. I, I, to me, I. I, I don't know see, by, I don't see any I, difference in those in those decisions. But yet, one was one was given and then not looked at because the referee said no, it's fine, it's definitely a penalty, which is fine and fair enough if that's what he believes. Do you think uh, Klopp's acting differently than what he has been doing previously at Liverpool? Yeah, I think he's. I think he's. I think he's annoyed and upset. I think that's ultimately that's what he. That's, that's how, how long do you think he'll? How long do you think he'll hang around for? Uh, I don't think. I think he said he's got. I think his contract runs out in twenty three, maybe the end of next season. No, in the next season. No, the end of the season after that. I think he said. Um, I think. He, I think that will be his seventh year at Liverpool. I think there's lots of. I think there's lots of speculation that, that will be it. He'll. That he'll have another couple of years, and that will be it. Um, there's lots to talk about him uh, wanting the Germany job. I don't know whether or not that will that will happen. It will, I suppose, it will kind of depend what the situation is when um, when that comes around. But I mean, two years is a, is a long time. I think Pep decided that he was going to be off at the end of this year, and I think he's going to sign a massive new contract anyway. So, what happens with? I don't really think he, I don't really think he thinks about 
that, if I'm, if I'm being honest. I don't know, maybe he just hides it very well from everybody, but he signed his contract till 2024, and there seemed, every six months there seems to be a story of he's going, he's staying, he's staying, he's going, so... I just I think, think it's you'll... weird of him that this season, he, he called out Chris Wilder for not voting on subs. Then he's oh, moaned yeah, I about the Wilder it, thing as well, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's called out Chris Wilder for that, then he's called out BT for scheduling games to fit with their, their audiences, and then out of nowhere, he's calling out Manchester United for getting penalties. I can understand him calling out Manchester United for getting penalties if it was a United-Liverpool game at Old Trafford and United got a penalty in the 89th minute that was slightly contentious and United won the game and took three points off them. But in a game against Southampton, where although United are like sitting second at the minute, there's no need to mention United. It just seems... It just, to me, it just seems as if, like Simon says, the past two seasons, when you when Liverpool were cruising, it was as if Klopp's attention was just purely focused on his Liverpool team and what his Liverpool team were doing and the best he could get out of them. Whereas this season, there just seems to be this like distraction of he's just all that he's he's kind of changed his tactics. He's throwing out he's throwing out reasons about other clubs and he's he's thinking about what's going on around the rest of the league. Apart instead of focusing on. But, but then isn't that what every every, every experienced manager's done before to try and deflect attention of the, from the team? Because we're not talking about the team. Yeah. We're talking about oh, he said after the match. Well, that's that wasn't that a Fergie staple for years, wasn't that a Mourinho staple for years to just not talk I about accept- the team? Because I mean, I what, he, what he could have done is he could have raked Alexander Arnold over the coals to how bad he was for seventy minutes. But well, not nobody's really talking about him. They're talking about the fact that he's mentioned penalties and we play United in ten days. No, I fully accept that, but I I I still think that. Well, what what would he's what would he why would, what would have been the point in saying this last year when we would however many points clear there wouldn't have been much point in saying it last year. But he's still in the league. You were still top of the like the Chris Wilder yeah, thing. But, you were still top of the league. Yeah, but, and, and the season the before when when City won the league and you guys sort of finished second with the highest points total to ever finish second, he w- he wouldn't be calling out Manchester City all the time, would he? Well, he didn't need to. We were winning it. There was nothing. It was nothing else that we could do. We were winning every game. But what difference did it make? Well, well to win the league, why would you not want to? But yeah, get but every advantage? Sit, sit Liverpool with like seventeen games in a row. What? How much more advantage do you need to get? I don't I, like if the even so if you, not, we'd have been hard done no, by. So, so are you saying when Fergie finished second, you never called out any other teams and said what was happening? You've just said Fergie did it all the years. Fergie. Yeah, but when United lost. I wouldn't have said that he, Ferguson would never have talked about another team if United would have won. He would have just batted it away. I think it's very similar to what Klopp does. And Mourinho does exactly the same thing. Hyper, uh, hypothetically, if Klopp was to leave sort of, sort of this summer, do you think Steven Gerrard would get the job? Mm, I don't think so. I don't think he'd take it. I don't, I, don't th- I, don't think, I, I don't think that any... I'm trying to think who, could, who else could possibly get it, but I don't think he'd want to go in after Klopp. I think they'd be no one. Thomas, that's the problem. Thomas Tuchel be... normally um, normally follows the clock, <laughs> doesn't he? He is, yeah. he is actually now available. So I don't. I don't think. I don't think he would take it. I don't. I've got to be honest. I think they'd probably give it to Pep Linders before they gave it to to anybody else. I don't think. I don't think Gerard would take it next season, regardless of whatever happens in in Scotland this this year. Um, I think he'll probably stay at Rangers next year, maybe even the year after that. I've no. I've no idea. But I don't. But then again, everybody said the, the amount of people that have said recently that you, that you just can't turn those jobs down. Solskjaer couldn't have turned the United job down. Lampard couldn't have turned it down. Um, 
I mean, Gerard would be a very brave, a brave man to turn the Liverpool job down because he may never get the chance to do it ever again. So, I mean, I, I say I don't think he'd take it, but it'd take a very strong man to say, no, I'm not, I don't want it. It's too early. But whether that's the case or not, I, I have absolutely no idea. I don't, I don't think he, I don't, I don't think he's going to go. I think it's a lot of what's happened has stemmed from the the Van Dijk injury in that Everton game, where that was the get, that was the first game of the season where the the like we didn't get the rub of the green. Like our best our best player gets injured in a tackle, which is clearly a red card, and was given as offside. Um, that was the that was the game we realised. Thiago plays no look passes to people who are offside as well. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's that was that was that was his that was his first issue, and then clearly the the Richarlison tackle was. Not he's probably a bit. A... I think. Oh, he's supposed to be my marquee signing. Look what stupid passes he plays. That's what he's probably thinking. He's thinking, he's looking over and going, "Look at Donny Van Der Beek. He's not made a single mistake. We've been on that bench." Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's. I think it's. I think it started from there, and then it's just kind of. It's just kind of snowballed where. There's been different situations throughout the year where he's obviously felt aggrieved by, by stuff. And I mean, if he wants to feel aggrieved by stuff, who am I to tell him that he, he can't feel aggrieved? So, I mean, so, like I've said to you before, some of it's, some of what he says is, is, is perfectly fine. Some of what he says, I feel like he's just um, fishing out for to, to protect the team. And we, we weren't we weren't great on, on Monday. So, I mean, he could have said that he could have said anything really. It wouldn't really made any difference. I get, I get this argument, but you know what the, the penalties things reminds me. It reminds me of Benitez's facts, kind of. It just to me, I, I, I understand what you're saying about deflecting everything from the team, you're not talking about the team. I fully get that, but then I think there's other ways. That, that, what, like mention other teams, and I think to me that just seems like, it just comes like across you're a bit rattled about something. Like you're a bit. Something's getting to you this time round, as opposed. Well, you look it, a bit, it, it is. We didn't. We we didn't get either penalty on the other night, and he's and he's looking United are getting all these penalties. Like that. I get that, but so you're that, telling me things haven't got to me in previous seasons. Things will have got to. And I know you're saying you're winning loads, and you were winning loads more than what you're doing. But well, then why? Just, yeah, but why would he talk? If we were like you just said, if it, if it was everything was fine, and I I can't remember. I can't. And I've said to you more than enough times last year. I can't remember much that didn't go our way last year. So why, what, yeah, would he, what, what would he no, have had to say? What, but what I'm saying is, he could have he could have quite easily gone after the referee for not giving the penalties and the decisions. But he went, he chose to talk about Manchester United. Why? That's what I'm saying. He didn't just why talk. About, he didn't just talk about United. I think he did about five different interviews. He talked about well, United that, at some point. He also talked about he also talked about um, the Mane not getting a penalty. He talked about the referee. Yeah, but they're the ones that aren't remembered. He know he knows the he knows the interviews he's, that are going to be. He's not, he's not stupid. Around. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, he's not stupid. But I, I, that's just a normal. It's just a normal thing. It's just that Liverpool have had three bad games for uh, what feels like the first time in about two years, and he he's done a deal with it. However, we, he's never really had to deal with this stuff before because before we were great, we, there was no expectation. We were playing games where we'd win four three, lose five four. Nobody really cared. We just played good football. We were just not very. We just, we're just never going to win anything that way. And then I mean, it all started to pick him when he spent when he spent all that money. And when he spent all that money, we turned out to be a decent enough team. We won some trophies, and this is the first time we've been shit. I tell you what, it does do um, the Southampton loss, and obviously United play Burnley next. Simon, do you not think United win against Burnley? Let's say, which I imagine we will do. Um, 
and then we go into then the next games, the United Liverpool game on the seventeenth, isn't it? How do you think United then approach that being league leaders as opposed to chasing? Do you think uh, that takes the pressure of United, or do you think it adds pressure on them? Well, I think once once you go top of the league, it does. You know, it puts pressure on you. But you know, pre- pressure is a privilege, and you know, I'd rather be I'd rather be under pressure at the top of the league than having a free hit from seventh. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think United. Uh, United will probably go in and play the way they do in big games. If he'll top, he often plays that three of the back system, doesn't he? And they'll try and counter attack. And and yeah, in a way, I think the way we'll we'll set up against Liverpool won't change because you know a bit like that Chelsea game. I think all you probably will be happy to get a draw out of it. Do you not? Whatever. Do you not think he'll play the same team as he's played tonight? Uh, yeah, similar, maybe. Yeah, I mean, yeah. might play instead of Lindelof. He does play three at the back a lot in big games, but yeah, I mean, maybe he'll play the same. Again, he also plays the system he played tonight. That's sort of for that either diamond or the four-two-three-one system. But I think what would sort you... of mentality would be to, to sit in and try and get him on the counter attack. Well, it's a, just I mean, we're not talking purely in hypotheticals here, Cheetah. But say say United beat Burnley and then United sneak a one-nil against or or beat Liverpool and we potentially go six points clear. You just, said you you're not, you're not, you just said you're not going to win the league. So if you're not going to win it, City going to win it. No, I'm not, no, I'm not talking about United. I'm saying, what? It's, so say you got six points behind United at that point. What do you rate your title chances? Well, not great, because by the sound of it, we're not signing a centre-back. So we'll be six points behind United without, without, a, without a fit centre-back. So it's not, going to do, it's not going to do as much, much great, much, much good, is it? So, do you, so would you say then... Would you would you say your season depends on the United Liverpool game or not? I, well, would you, I don't know. Would you, I don't, would you, there's a, there's a, or not? a lot of big games to go. I think that the fact that there's what six points between like first and seventh says that I don't think any one game this season is going to really um, dictate what's going to happen. I mean, the game on the game on that Sunday could very easily turn into the game the Manchester City um, Manchester United derby from that was an absolute die fest and finished nil nil. Yes, I don't disagree, but I'm, I'm trying to work out the importance you feel that that game now has. Well, we need to win. So, whatever. I mean, I, I'm not looking really looking forward to the game at Villa on Friday because I've no idea what team he'll end up putting out. Um, I would imagine he'll probably go with previous years and rest quite a lot of players. Um, it depends whether he wants a little bit of revenge for the, for the result earlier on in the season. It's probably the worst third-round FA Cup tie that we probably could have got, with the exception of playing either yourselves, Chelsea, or City, um, because of obviously what or Everton, because of what's happened this year. But I mean, even against Everton last year, he dropped he dropped players. So, um, but we need to win a game. We need to start playing well. And I, I don't know. Part of me thinks it's it's one of those psychological things that if we were playing, I don't know, say for instance, we were playing Brighton or Palace or. I don't know Leicester or anybody like that. Then actually, it, it it may have been different, but the fact that we're playing a big team might might actually work in our favour because we've played r- relatively well against some of the bigger bigger teams. We played well against Spurs, played well against Chelsea all in the season. We went, we had an all right first half at, at City. We we weren't great in the second half, but we've played quite well against the bigger clubs. It's the teams at the bottom of the league where we drop points. So the fact that we are playing United and it's at home. Um, is probably, I don't know, dare I say, probably the best game. I suppose Friday will dictate a lot of it. We go, we go another game without a win, get knocked out of the cup. Um, then United go and win on the Tuesday. 
and we end up being three points behind going into the game, then there will be a there will be a lot of pressure on it. But it's it's how we it's how we play. I mean, the worst thing about anything else, and regardless of the fact that we can't seem to score a goal, is we've just lost a lot. Our creativity just completely dried up all of a sudden. It just seems to be that the fullbacks, which were absolutely amazing for us, are the ones that are just they're great at the minute of being fullbacks, but not great going forward. Um, Alexander Arnold's dropped off a cliff, which we talked about Sterling's form years and years ago about young players dropping off a cliff, and even I think even Rashford to the point where last year there was times where he wasn't playing particularly well. That's, this is well, that, that's that, that's the beautiful thing about Aaron Wan-Bissaka. No one expects anything going forward, so when he is crap going forward, <laughs> whereas you, you you expect loads from Trent, and now you're disappointed. We're never disappointed with Wan-Bissaka. Yeah, so I, I don't know. Oh, yeah. On, on the subject of the FA Cup, I, I was thinking, I'm amazed that the Premier League clubs are going along with the FA Cup. You know, the testing outside the Premier League has been really quite lax. But then yeah. the EFL have announced uh, by uh, twice weekly testing funded by the PFA, haven't they? Oh, have they? Yeah, well, so that's now happening. So yeah, so all oh, right. Well, that made a bit more sense. I was, I'm, I'm, I was amazed that these Premier League clubs would be prepared, particularly now. Where it's sort of coronavirus seems to be as rampant as it has it been at any stage. I was amazed the Premier League clubs were going to be prepared to go and put their players out against the likes of sort of Rotherham or Doncaster or you know these sort of lower down yeah. clubs that have been tested two or three times since September. No, today they've announced that the all the FL clubs will be twice twice that you tested. It's going to be funded by the PFA, which no, I, I right, have made so- me think. Yeah, which I half made me think, why didn't the PFA do it at the start of the season? Well, because they don't like putting their hand in the pocket, the PFA. PFA have got loads of money, and they waste it on artwork and other... Gordon Taylor is a terrible... <laughs> but then the PFA... They never, they the never PFA. fund any of that concussion research, which they should but, really yeah, be on the forefront of. Which always makes me laugh, thinking, the players fund the PFA, and they're there to protect the players, but they never, they very rarely do anything... No, just to support the players. There was no, yeah, I I there the, was, play, the players get a raw deal out of the PFA. I think there was something about there's somebody mentioned something about the German the German third division. The German third or like fourth division have been tested like five times as many times as um of the, as the teams in in, the, in like the championship and, and League One and League Two. It's just it just seems absolutely just seems incredible. Um, just while we're on the subject of uh, of COVID, there it's obviously quite been quite a lot of. Uh, games that have been cancelled over the um, over the Christmas period, and for for different reasons for uh, for different clubs, some um, some a bit more documented than others. Um, do you um, think if if players have been found to break um, COVID rules that they should be banned? I mean, the, we, there was one. Um, I don't know if it was a TV journalist, um, a radio journalist, whatever this morning, this afternoon, that said that they should be sacked. Oh, look, I think sacking's harsh because. Let's be honest, how many people in the entire country are going to say that they haven't broke any kind of lockdown rules or any kind of advice that they're supposed to do at any point during it, no matter how big or small people have done it? So you can't suddenly jump on them and go that they should be sacked because that is ridiculous because you, you would have half the country out of work. I mean, more than they're on furlough at the minute. So I don't think you can say that. What I would say about it is, I think footballers are incredibly naive to think that they can do it and then get away with it and there won't be some kind of 
outcry from it or they want some kind of media storm from it. It's going to happen because they're famous faces and for them to be carrying on playing football, especially during lockdown, they're in kind of a public position that their life is, is kind of somewhere being normal and being able to do kind of some, some kind of normal routine, which a lot of people up and down the country aren't being able to do. So for them, they're in a privileged position. So what I would say is, yeah, I accept that they probably are going to break the rules, but and they will do. And there should be some kind of ban or some kind of some kind of punishment. But I think sacked or losing your job is a bit is a bit oh. I mean, what you get sacked from, say Kyle Walker, for instance, he gets sacked from City. You say no other club's not going to pick him up. It's not going to happen, is it? So yeah, maybe some kind of punishment. But let's not go overboard as if like everyone else's saints and footballers are ridiculous. That's it's not the case, is it? Maybe 10 games and a hefty fine, eh, Simon? Well, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I wouldn't be against that. I'm always sort of sympathetic to football. I think it's, they sort of unfairly get labelled as being like, they should be role models for society. And I just think you know, that the people trying to, in a way that we don't expect rock stars to be role models for society. But um, I, like I was, randomly I was speaking to a psychologist the other day and she was saying that the thing is, like when you see like famous people break the rules in a really bad way, then it, it makes you think that the small way in which you're breaking rules doesn't matter as much. And like, so there is like a knock-on effect of when you see these footballers. Dominic <laughs> I mean, Cummings, sorry. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that, that, that chest, will go down. Got chest, chesty cough there. The way Boris Johnson backed Dominic Cummings, when <laughs> lost all that political capital and so much respect for it, and then six months later ended, ended up sacking him anyway. In what way was yeah. it worthwhile keeping him on? But you know, you know, that was a perfect example. Like I think so many people would have broken the rules directly after that. You know, very much. Well, you know, if he's doing it. I mean, the only thing I would say in footballers' defence is, I, I'm not going to try and say, but maybe they think because they are like Premier League footballers because they're tested so regularly. Yeah, they are in in their head. It might be a way of. Well, I can do this, and I'll know pretty quickly what what's going on. Whereas some some people who might break the rules, you're not going to get a test. You're not just going to get a test for the sake of getting a test. You're going to get a test when you develop some symptoms. So you, you might have caused carnage before. And whereas footballers might think, well, I've gone here tonight, but I know on Monday I'm getting a test, so I can tell them people who have seen that they need to do that. So I yeah, mean, it's it's, I, it's a I, weak defence, but it's that, a defence. That picture of the Spurs players looked really bad, didn't it? But a, a bit of me did feel like, oh, they must, in their heads, they must think, look, we've all had a negative test a day ago. We, Given that yeah. we play football together all, all the time, we're effectively in a bubble. You know, what? what's the harm? And, you know, maybe English, the you know, stu- English isn't really their first language. They're probably not consuming the news in the same way that we do. The stupid thing from them is putting it on social <laughs> They put the picture on social yeah. media. Stupid! Don't just if you're gonna do it, do it. But <laughs> at, at least make someone find out that you're doing it. Don't tell everyone you're doing it. It, it sounds like I'm advocating footballers break the rules constantly. I'm not, but I just think there is there are reasons that you could you can go. Yeah, if I was in that situation, would I? Maybe I would. Maybe I wouldn't. I don't know. It's, I don't think. Yeah, football shouldn't be demonised as much. That they are humans at the end of the day. If um if Benjamin Mendy had invited you around for New Year's Eve, Ross, would you have gone? Uh, no, I, I, think, don't, I don't think uh, Ross fit the criteria. 
Well, you mean I'm not tested regularly enough? It <laughs> uh, wasn't quite the criteria I was looking at, though. No. <laughs> I can dress up. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I should say United got beat 2 0 tonight, so we won't be talking about that next time we talk next time we meet. I don't know if that makes I don't know if that makes the seventeenth worse. A Pep Jose League Cup final. Do, why, why how come it's been how come they've moved it to April? I think they were the, hoping to get fans in. Hoping fans are getting exactly why it didn't. I d I don't know if it was something to do with the clash of fixtures. I know it's normally in it's normally in about in about six weeks' time, isn't it? In the, the in the back end of Feb, but I don't know if it was something to do with the rest of the, of the league fixtures. So, I mean, last thing before, I mean, this will. Solskjaer did go into this game saying there'll be no excuse if United get beat tonight. Well, is that is that not is, is that, that United? I mean, I, I I mean I haven't watched the game. I don't know. I mean, I mean the the game this the the, Man, the Manchester derby. What, what was it now? Six seven weeks ago, you two said was a, an absolute disaster. And like it was just not a great game to watch um, from either side, and no, no, no team looked like winning the league. But Manchester City, when they played on Sunday, they looked like the Manchester City they got 100 points. Yes, yeah, well, I, I thought it was a fairly competitive game today. In a way, it's kind of worst case scenario because we've played our best team, so we've not rested anyone, and we've also lost. Well, we rested Baye. Let's take that one. I mean, what I would say is there was, there was three disallowed goals in the first five minutes. I was. I missed, so but, I missed the first five minutes because. Yeah, that's what I meant. Saying missed the first five, been very eventful. Oh, I just thought something was went off, and then I'd looked and obviously seen all the, the disallowed goals. But I mean, if the Rashford chance, yeah. if the Rashford chance goes in, then it's a different ball game, isn't it? So United scored and it was offside. Then City scored, it was offside. Then City scored again, it was offside. Yeah, so within the first five minutes, and then City did it post five minutes later from De Bruyne, didn't they? So it was, yeah, it was, uh, it, yeah. Did De Bruyne play City up front again? Yeah, they kind of played the false. Yeah. It's a very well, similar system. Yeah, I, I mean, City have kind of been forced into this sort of situation based on the fact they just had no players, haven't they? It's just sort of worked. I mean, surely for City, this surely shows that Gabriel Jesus is not the man to lead that line going forward. Yeah, I think they'll they'll have to sign. Well, I don't I don't think they can I don't think they can rely on Aguero anymore, can they? I mean, I mean, I know he said that it's probably going to be the weekend where he's fit or whatever it is. He's probably not going to play him in the FA Cup. He's going to give him another, however long it is. I don't know if he came off the bench tonight or or whatever. So Aguero's going to be back, but he, he must know surely that they they they've signed their their the latest centre back in the summer and brought Diaz on for sixty million. And you, you you've got to imagine the city will go out and buy a striker in the summer. I mean, who who that will be? I have absolutely no idea. You've got to think that they're, they're going to go out and buy a striker. So I don't know what the um um I don't know what the the situation is with Manchester City's games either. But we were talking about obviously the seventeenth, and I think that City could possibly be second by the time that we kick off. I can't remember when City's games are, but City could be City could have overtaken us by the seventeenth. I think anyway. City looks so good at the weekend. I mean, I, I managed to look the first half. I did think they they could get a bit of head of steam up, and if they, if they play like that, they are going to steamroll a lot of teams. Uh, just did you see the stat about Diaz and Stones when oh, they well, started together? Well, Stones looks really. It's great to see Stones coming back to, to a bit of form, isn't it? As an English well, the, yeah. The stat was that Ruben Diaz and John Stones have started eight games together. They've won seven, drawn one, 
had seven clean sheets and conceded one goal. Yeah, did, I knew City had kept a lot of clean. City have got the, the I think the best defensive record in, in the league. It isn't a, a lot. A lot of people said that that's was well. That's not normally a, a pep side, is it? Normally they've got the best defense because they don't let anybody have the ball. But that's not really the case at the minute. They've got the best defense because they've got the best defensive uh, uh, partnership in the league at the minute. So. I mean, incredible though from Jones because everyone thought Ruben Diaz coming in, it'd be Diaz and Laporte, Laporte that would be the, that would be the thing. So incredible from John Stones to actually because he was in no man's land coming into this season. No, I mean his career was just a tailspin, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, he was behind, yeah, was behind Gar- wasn't he? I mean, if Garcia hadn't clearly made the fact that he wants to go to Barcelona, then Stones probably wouldn't even be in in, in the side. So, I mean, he's he's grasped his chance of both half, and and I think I, I'd read somewhere that Laporte was injured, but. I think even when Laporte has been available, he's not played. And I think that there seems to be some sort of issue there with Laporte and Guardiola. And I don't think Laporte will... I don't, I don't know, whether, I don't know whether, whether, it is, whether he's fallen out with them or not, but Pep doesn't normally hold... Well, Pep's not quite good at oh, welcoming players back in, I would have supposed, but I don't, I don't know whether Laporte's time at City's up or whether he's going to play him or whether he's going to be third choice. But I suppose like when you've got two players that play at games and only concede one goal, then... I imagine in the back of Pep's head, he is probably thinking John Stones is going to, his form will go at some point. Well, the thing is, it's the, it's, it's the Euros situation. We played the Euros last year, he wouldn't have been anywhere near the team, but at the minute, you've got to no. say he, he starts. And I think he does, have, yeah. he does have scope to be our best centre-half. I mean, I think in terms of his, his sort of potential. I mean, the other worry, England part of you centre-half, I've we don't know if we can set Maguire anywhere in Europe yet because we don't know what trouble they're getting. Well, it's all right because the, 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 most of the game, we play at Wembley for most of the games, don't we? I don't think we travel anywhere, do we? You know what I was thinking about uh, the other day? Do you know when Gareth Barry stole the taxi? Yes! Well, I saw when he played for West Brom. The craziest story. <laughs> it was like the most unlikely thought. <laughs> <laughs> Gareth Barry, the taxi stealer. Yeah, mental. Did you um, did you hear about um, what it was potentially that happened with Joey Bart as well? That he'd been no with his players. He'd been what? He'd been fighting with one of the players. So I mean, I don't. I mean, yeah. I'm saying this on a podcast, but the, I mean, the player that he, he was potentially fighting with, I think he's their top scorer, and he's suddenly gone on loan to Preston. So I think that there might be some truth in the story. Um. So yeah, I think it was Chad Evans. I think he'd gone to Chad Evans has gone to Preston today, and apparently that was what had what had happened so um the stand-up citizen yes (laughs) i'm surprised i'm surprised barn lasted so long especially when he had the two two fine individuals there to to have as role models joey barton and chad evans well neither have got anything to do with fleet one i suppose the obvious thing is on loan but i don't think it's like fleetwood again but there we go um right fellas it's been amazing until yeah. Week. Enjoy lockdown. Indeed. We'll yeah. have to do it. We'll have to do it before the twelfth, so that we're still top of the league. Uh, <laughs> please, if you don't mind, I'd like to hang on to that for another for another however many days it will well, be. I mean, you know what you talked about recording the podcast as we're watching the Liverpool United it's, game. It's amazing. I've changed my mind about that. <laughs> well, I've watched. That was recorded again while United playing. We got beat. I'm kind of thinking. Oh. Bad omens now, isn't it? But we'll see. We'll see anyway. I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't lose very well. You've just seen the state of me on Monday night. I don't lose very well at all at the minute. So, I mean, I, I can't. 
We'll see. Could be. It could oh. be. It could make for great. Could make for great podcasts. That's what it could make for. I'm sure it'd be very entertaining. Right. Anyway, I'll speak to you all soon. Speak to you soon. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Three Thirds Mank, One Third Scouts podcast. Give it a like, give it a share, and let us know what you think on Twitter at Mank3. That's at M-A-N-C-T-H-R-E-E. And keep listening for more new podcasts every week.